0: Hello and welcome to the Logistics Podcast. I'm your host, Bonnie Cliff. Thanks for joining us. Today we are talking space optimization, both on your warehouse shelves and in product packaging. Let's get into it. Imagine you've ordered something small online, like an SD card, for example. The doorbell rings, you collect your package, and the box you're presented with could comfortably fit a microwave inside. All that bubble wrap, all that void fill. What a waste. New EU regulations are being drafted to combat unnecessary empty space in parcels. At the end of November, the European Commission published a draft regulation on packaging and packaging waste. This includes a wide range of proposals covering packaging design, materials, reuse and recycling, but importantly, it also includes Article 9, headed packaging minimisation. This requires that packaging shall be designed so that its weight and volume is reduced to the minimum necessary. Whilst this is a proposed EU regulation, it will of course apply to any UK distributor exporting to customers in the Union, and it's highly likely that the UK will follow suit. Joe Bradley is the Business Development Manager for Spark Technologies, a machine manufacturing company which is revolutionising the packaging industry by creating fit-to-size boxes to eliminate wasted space when shipping products. I spoke to her to learn more about the proposed EU regulations. Jo, how is empty space misused at different points along the supply chain? Empty
1: space is generally optimised in the original shipping because filling the container is tantamount to getting the right amount of product to the customer. But it's once it arrives to the back of a warehouse and starts being unloaded that you start seeing the effects of waste of space. So whether it's the way that the storage is organised within the warehouse, even down to the picking and how they pick, are they optimising on the pick? Are they picking as much as possible in the smallest space and the smallest time possible? But where we see and where the consumer sees one of the most direct wastes of space, if we want to call it that, or the fresh air, is in the receiving of the, through the secondary packaging. So we all have the effect of the parcel arriving on our doorstep open it and actually going through a forest of cardboard or paper or through a, a sea of plastic airbags to find the actual product within the box. And it is, it's is—it's a particular frustration and something that consumers are becoming more and more aware of, that why is the product being shipped in a box that's much bigger than actually it needs to be in? And interestingly, I was at the delivery conference yesterday in London. A lot of the carriers were there and we were interacting with lots of customers and lots of potential customers, lots of carriers. And it was a question that was being asked even by the carriers as consumers. Why do I receive boxes that have got smaller items in the box and it's full of fresh air, void fill, etc.? So it's just a perennial problem that we really need people to take accountability for and take some awareness of what they're actually doing by shipping that fresh air out there.
0: So I'm wondering if you could expand on that point about the kind of effects of the shipping all this void fill, all of this empty space. Uh, so what are the long term effects of using this kind of inefficient shipping method?
1: Uh, the long term effects are, are cost one, but the environment is is directly affected. If you are not optimizing the space within the box. And you're then loading the boxes onto the back of a vehicle and not optimizing. What you're actually doing is ensuring that there are more vehicles on the road than it needs to be. A good example was with one of our customers when we installed the machine within a very short period of time by installing a fit to size box rather than using standard fixed size boxes they were using. They actually took a 40 foot trailer off the road a day. And that's just one customer with one machine. You imagine the number of 40-foot trailers and trucks that are travelling up and down. And it goes not just from the the stand trailer, the truck that's standing at the loading point at the warehouse, it follows through into the hub and spoke system and then to the final mile delivery. It actually means that potentially we'd have less delivery vehicles on the road. If we could get more density on the back of a vehicle, then we're going to have less vehicles on the road.
0: Fantastic. So I've heard about these new EU regulations coming in to try and combat this kind of inefficiency. Uh, Can you describe them for me and explain how that's going to affect UK businesses?
1: So the EU regulations are draft regulations currently and they've been leaked to the market, but it's something that some customers are already very much considerable about and it, it covers all packaging. And um, what they're trying to do is eradicate single use packaging by 2040 is ultimately and reduce the amount of waste that's generated from packing and packaging. So it covers all through food and everything. Where we see a direct impact and, and again it's going to where the consumer sees the impact is on the products that they receive. You know, as consumers, and thank you, David Attenborough, we've all become much more aware of the direct impact of receiving airbags full of air and that plastic, that single use plastic, etc. And and ultimately, the directive is all about people taking awareness responsibility for what happens throughout the supply chain, because there are so many stages within the supply chain where we can address waste and packaging and reduce it and recycle it and reuse it and it's not just the final mile it comes all the way through so I think things like these regulations are just absolutely fantastic they will cause headaches for some people because there will be regulations that you have to adhere to and there will be costs associated that's always something that has to be borne in mind that when you're changing a process or changing what you do, whether it's changing the packaging or how you send it out to your customer, generally that will have a cost implication. But ultimately, what I hear and speak to a lot of, especially the brands, is they really don't mind taking that cost consideration because ultimately what they want to do is make a better planet and understand how it's going to be a better future for everybody.
0: No, absolutely. And you mentioned about these. The headaches i suppose that the people are going to have facing these new regulations do you have any idea of how retailers can prepare for this is there any steps that they can already take
1: in fact interestingly today i've just been doing a report for one of our customers already where they are actively measuring the amount of packing and packaging that they use currently and looking at how they can reduce it and also ensuring that they have levels of a certain percentage that is recycled, recyclable reducing the amount going to landfill and it it does take effort it takes time whether the money or the the cost is in the effort of making this happen or whether it's actually changing the packaging that you're using or the packing process that you have these are all the considerations but but these directives when they do come in will mean that people are responsible and they will have to answer for why have you used excessive packaging um billing informs none of us like it we all hate it but it will be a fact
0: great and so i've got one more question for you so when businesses are addressing this level of space optimization in their operations how do they contribute towards wider business goals around sustainability targets
1: my area of expertise doesn't go all the way back through the warehouse and doesn't cover all the processes so really where we concentrate and look at is the last part of the operation before anything leaves the warehouse rather than when it comes into the warehouse when it's stored within the warehouse how it's picked and how it's placed etc in the warehouse so I'm very much concentrating absolutely on ultimately what the consumer receives and that is a really really important brand issue for a lot of customers. Also, with COVID and the rise of e-commerce and the fact that we're really not going to go back in e-commerce, we're only going to go forward. You see the size of the sheds that are being built. Everybody's looking for more space because there's more e-commerce needed. But ultimately, we need to think about what goes out that back door. And again, yesterday, I was at the delivery conference in London, and it was incredibly interesting to hear Something that I'm very passionate about and have been passionate about for years is that carriers are actually starting to use the word now volumetric. So rather than actually having a a dead weight. So you in the UK, domestically, you pay usually for a parcel, irrespective of the weight and the size of it. So there's no penalty or there's no incentive to a shipper to actually reduce the size of the box, reduce the weight of the box, reduce the air that's in there. Because it's the same price for a small box, medium or large everybody kept coming to me yesterday and talking about volumetric volumetric because they realised the same as the international shipping where you're charged for the size of the box or the weight whichever is greater it really is something that needs to be brought into the UK and this is definitely conversation that's part of this directive that are happening throughout the EU and the UK at the moment so I think as shippers of boxes. People are already starting to consider how do we reduce the size of the box? Avoid the void. That's my strap phrase. Avoid the void. You don't want that void fill. It gives no reason. It gives no benefit. It actually just frustrates the customer and adds to the landfill. It adds to the amount of recycling. It has to be done in a domestic environment, which, as we know, is much longer cycle time to recycle from a domestic than it is from a commercial. So keep all the waste in the commercial. Ship the minimum to the customer in a domestic environment. You've
0: hit the nail on the head there, Joe. Good. This week's episode is brought to you by SNS Plastics. Their insert tubs, made of 100% recycled plastic, are designed to increase operational capacity by up to 800%, allowing for up to 8 SKUs on a single tote. To learn more, you can visit ssplastics.co.uk forward slash insert tubs. You can stop shipping your products in oversized packaging, but what about your warehouse shelves? You might not think there's much empty space there, but with industrial property rent soaring and low availability of units, it's critical to use every square inch efficiently. One of the winners of the Power Pitch contest at last year's IMHX exhibition, SNS Plastics, has been combating the practice of storing and shipping air for years. I spoke to Bob Evans, who told me about how choosing the right totes can save you valuable space on your shelves.
2: In the development and research into the logistics industry, we noticed several areas that single SKUs containing one item were being either stored or transported in the single tote, which I think we can all agree cannot be cost effective. Putting dividers into a tote helps to increase the density of pack by adding more SKUs per tote. Adding our tubs not only increases density of pack, but also adds flexibility of easy pick and load. Effectively, we can increase the number of SKUs in a tote or ALC by just adding tubs instead of dividers.
0: Fantastic! Can you tell me a bit more about SNS Plastics as a company?
2: Okay, SNS Plastics are a quality lead injection molding factory based just off the M1 motorway at Junction Twenty Eight. We've got 30,000 square feet of manufacturing and warehousing capability. Our core processes are injection moulding. We have 25 moulding machines ranging from 6 tonnes clamp with our Baby plastic machine to 550 tonnes clamp with our new Hyetian machine. Our skilled and experienced staff can assist from the initial ideas to prototyping and via our DFM process to a fully production part. We use local toolmakers and our in-house tool makers as well. We can also offer assembly without any worries because we've got our dedicated assembly areas. We can also offer vacuum foiling. This is a process of applying a finished foil to an injection moulding that gives the customer the option of having a common coloured moulding. So they get the economy of scale of having a, maybe a natural coloured moulding. And then being able to put the finish on the moulding and the colour of their choice. So they can put it on in different volumes and get the economy of scale right there. I've started this comment with um, we're quality led. We are ISO 9001 and ISO 13485 for medical device manufacture. If you want further information on our capabilities in tubs, please don't hesitate to contact me.
0: Now I'd like to talk a bit more about products that you mentioned earlier. So obviously a lot of people will have cardboard or systems already in place. And how do SS tub inserts work better than
2: them? Obviously they're massively more robust and they offer a more secure solution. You won't get the parts disappearing under the cardboard dividers. And what we've observed in industry is that some of the tote boxes and ALCs that would require a divider haven't got the secure divider slots in there. So I always give you that, those the dividers without the need for the um, divider slots. They're much more simpler. You know, they're, they're very, very much simpler. And they also, you know, with dividers and corex being fragile, they're just much more stronger.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So obviously with plastic, it has had a bit of a bad rep for not being a sustainable material in the long term. So I guess my question is, why is it the optimal material to use in manufacturing these tubs? Like, what's that benefit?
2: Well, the, we manufacture these in 100% uh, recycled polyprop. The material that we're using has been used in other plastic components. So it's, it's gone through the system once. And actually, our tubs can be granulated and moulded again into something else. So if it's recycled correctly, it can be used again and again and again the polymer that they made out of. The problem with um, plastic, it does get a bad rap and basically it's recycling of polymers and recycling of plastics where all this falls down. You know, not all of it gets into a a recycling process. A a great deal of it goes to landfill and it needs a bit of um, education that plastic isn't a bad material, it's the recycling of plastics is where it falls down.
0: Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. So you mentioned as well cardboard dividers. Some items can get trapped underneath, and that can cause a few issues. So, with with the tubs, can they be used in totes and ALC with divider locations?
2: Yes, they can be used in both. They can be used in the the ones that haven't got divider locations, and the ones that have. Yeah, with without any difficulty at all.
0: Fantastic. Um. So, what about quick identification? How does that enter into things?
2: Good question. Uh, we've designed the tub so there's a a label position on, to- on the top edge of the tub, on, on both the quarters and the harps, But also where the handles are around the edge of the tub, there's an area there that you can stick um, either a GPS signal part on there, RFID on there as well. So they can be traced to a tote around the world, or they can be traced to a tote in your warehouse. You know, they've got RFID for, for localised chips tracing as well.
0: So I suppose with the RFID tracing this can be integrated into an automated system is that right?
2: That's right yeah you're very much correct on that yeah.
0: Great so when the tubs are not in use obviously a lot of people are trying to optimize the space they've got in their sheds do they store easily?
2: Yeah they're designed to stack inside of each other and unlike cardboard they will not be affected by the storage location they can be stored outside in the yard in all weathers and with just a quick clean before being loaded back into the system. They're robust and lightweight, and can be reused and reused for many years.
0: Okay, so how much do they weigh if they're lightweight?
2: Right, okay, the half tub weighs 804 grams, and the quarter tub weighs 415 grams. We did our utmost in the design of the tubs to keep the weight low whilst maintaining a good solid container. Keeping weight to a minimum is important for both manual handling and automated systems as well.
0: Fantastic. And um, so what colors can the tubs be supplied in?
2: We're molding black recycled polyprop as, as I said earlier, you know we, we try and push towards the um, recycled polyprop or polypropylene as much as we can as this removes the packaging tax. But we can mold the tubs in any color people want. That would be manufactured in prime material. And would attract additional costs as well so as they're designed to go inside a container why put them in a different color just keep them in the black it's a lot easier
0: definitely so you also mentioned um cleaning of the tubs earlier is this like washing a bucket so the water won't drain out of it will it
2: no 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 the tubs have drainage holes in the bottom face both a quarter and a half tub exceed the fm global drainage requirement so It's quite easy. You could jet wash them out and then wipe them clean afterwards, or put them in a dryer, or put them in the automated systems that they have for cleaning them. You know, they drain very easy.
0: Fantastic. So, if our listeners wanted to kind of get involved and grab some of these for their uh, distribution networks, how do they buy the tubs?
2: We currently have several distribution partners who are very, very busy marketing the tubs into areas such as retail, logistics, warehousing. And our network of, um, distribution partners is growing every month if anybody wants to contact me with their requirement i can push them in the direction of their local distributor or if they want to be a distributor and add their tubs to their portfolio just get in touch and we'll have a chat
0: that's fantastic and thank you very much bob that's been really enlightening
2: thank you for um, taking the time to have a chat
0: thank you to bob and joe for joining me this week As a reminder, you can learn more about the space-saving insert tubs at ssplastics.co.uk forward slash insert tubs. Thanks for listening to the Logistics Podcast. Keep it moving.